it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Extreme Rules post-show. I am your host, Scott. And, uh, well, that that was a pay-per-view. <laughs> um, I want to just start off by talking about how garbage peacock tv is <laughs> i mean seriously like my god so let, let's let, let's let's just let's just talk about this for just a, just a moment i don't like to be negative but dear lord i've had enough every pay-per-view that has been on this network has had some magical flaw to it whether it was a buffering problem or it was, you know, just lag and just having streaming issues. That's not an issue locally because everything else was working perfectly fine. And tonight, definitely not being any different where we had <laughs> not only the English commentary, but the Spanish commentary during the kickoff show going at the same time so nobody could understand anything that was happening i mean obviously you know, if you understand english and spanish and yes you can but saying at the same time was just too much too much thrown at the same time and it would fix itself for a moment that it would come back and it completely overshadowed everything that was trying to go on with the kickoff show match, which was Liv Morgan versus Carmella. The match itself was was great. Um, Liv had a new look, and it looked fantastic. Carmella looking as beautiful, obviously, as always. And the match itself was great, but the the audio issues was just unbearable. And while Liv Morgan did get the big victory, it still was completely overshadowed by what was going on. Now, towards the end of the kickoff, which started at 7, the problem started about, I don't know, 7.30, 7.45-ish, or probably closer to 7.30. And it didn't stop until about 8.10. The funny thing was, once we got to the main show, it was no longer Spanish and English. It was French and English. 
Now, living where I do, where I am in in northern Vermont, I've heard my fair share of French being spoken. So I can kind of understand a few things. So when I heard the voices talking, I was like, wait, we've switched now to French. So we are now a trilingual pay-per-view. Congratulations, folks. Appreciate you all for being able to listen to all that. But it was just it was just insane. And it's it's completely an issue with Peacock. Now I've Yes, I've complained about the WWE Network back in the day, but I've never had this many problems every single month. It's just, it blows me away. And it gets worse. It gets worse throughout the night. Peacock would do their commercials, which is understandable. You wait, you know, when the matches are over, you know, you shift gears. And you go into a commercial. That's understandable. The problem was, is that the commercials would go too long. So you would lose whatever they were talking about during the pay-per-view. You would normally get maybe one commercial. This time you'd get like three or four. So you'd lose whatever Michael Cole or Pat McAfee or whatever interviews happening in the back. You miss it. And then to make matters worse, they did this three or four times during the night. They interrupt entrances of the wrestlers to throw in a couple more commercials. It's ridiculous. Now, I understand, I guess, this only affected the people who pay the prorated $4.99 per month um, from the original move over from the WWE Network, myself obviously being included in that. And, of course, there's always those people online that joke about, oh, you know, if you upgrade to the nine ninety nine per month thing, you won't get any commercials. So they make all the poor jokes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get it. It's funny to have expendable income and you're able to do that. Congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> Will I end up doing that in the future? Quite possibly. I, it, it's It's rather annoying and it completely ruined the flow of the show. And it's just, it's just upsetting. Um, I know it's not really that serious, but when you're trying to stay in the flow of a show and you drop off like stuff like that, it's just, it doesn't work and something needs to change. So whether I give NBC $4 more a month or they smarten up and somebody from WWE has a talk to Jesus or go, you know, a uh, come to Jesus meeting with people from Peacock. We'll see, but I'm not going to bitch about NBC and Peacock anymore. I'm going to just talk about this show because it was a pretty damn good show. Um, so we jumped right into uh, regular, I mean, I'm sorry, extreme rules. Uh, with our opening contest, which was a match that was actually added during the kickoff show. Uh, They were going to interview the New Day as they arrived, but uh, I believe it was 
Sarah Schreiber, I believe. She was uh, interrupted by AJ Styles and Omas. AJ being very vocal about why does she have to interview the New Day? It should be interviewing, you know, someone that's a good good wrestler like AJ and Omas and stuff like that. So they start talking. And then New Day, you can see in the back, start coming in. They're all dancing and all excited and happy and whatnot. And they come up to Sarah to start talking. And then Bobby Lashley comes out of nowhere. Lashley starts attacking E because clearly Lashley is still very upset at Big E for what he did. Cashing in that Money in the Bank briefcase to become WWE champion. And AJ and Omos then join the fray and, well, had ourselves a nice little six-man brawl in the back. And I thought to myself, well, this would be great for a potential six-man match thinking maybe this would happen on Raw, but no, no. This was our opening contest of Extreme Rules. Good old six-man tag match. And it was a good match. Uh, Omos continuing to be as ridiculous as always. Uh, but ending this match, Lashley going for a spear of Biggie. Biggie gets out of the way, and Lashley then spears AJ. Biggie then takes advantage, drops the drops his finisher on Lashley, and gets the win for New Day. We then moved on to our SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The so Street Profits took on the Usos. Now, earlier in the kickoff show, there was a little video from the Street Profits talking about the match tonight, and they referenced uh, Dawkins not being at SmackDown because of the wedding he was in. And Montez Ford basically had said that, you know, if he has any, you know, anything else on his mind, he needs to tell Montez now because otherwise he needs him to focus on what's going to happen during the match. So that immediately right there. And I was not alone in this feeling that this might be the end of the Street Profits if they lose this match tonight. Well, Unfortunately, not only did they lose this match, but Montez Ford eats the pin. So this might be the beginning of the end for probably one of my favorite tag teams uh, that WWE currently has. Now, I know the draft is coming, starts this upcoming Friday and then going into Monday. I have a feeling that Street Profits might be split up. Um, And if that is the case, then I have a strong fear that Dawkins more than likely will not be shown on television for too much longer. Um, Nothing against him. I think he's a great wrestler, but Montez Ford has been the, so the Shawn Michaels of this, of this group, Um, super athletic, charismatic off the off the charts and not again not to take anything away from Dawkins but just he he needs he needs to develop more I think in the you know in the charisma side of things um he's definitely a lot better than what he used to be but still compared to Montez Ford he's got a lot more to go but I'm just thinking 
ahead. Not sure if that's actually going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't. I really, really, really enjoy them as a tag team. Um, but we'll see. After that, Lashley in the back challenging Big E to a WWE championship match on Monday Night Raw, which Big E later in the night does accept. So 8 p.m. on Monday, Bobby Lashley, Big E for the WWE championship. It's going to be a huge match, and I am looking forward to it. But back to the show tonight, we ended up with our next match, which was which was for the Raw Women's Championship as Ms. Bliss challenged the Queen Charlotte Flair. Another really good match. Um, Charlotte obviously using her size and strength advantage to, you know, throw Ms. Bliss around. But obviously Ms. Bliss using her speed and her... Her will to <laughs> her mind games and everything else. And Charlotte being, of course, a big mind game person in her own right, having someone like Miss Bliss have the same power. And I, and I use that word with a little extra, <laughs> little extra oomph to it. But Charlotte does end up. Retaining the match, uh, retaining the match, retaining your title after using Lily as a distraction, throwing it at Miss Bliss during the match, and Charlotte then leveling uh, her with a big boot, and then natural selection, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Match is over. Now, to make matters worse, Charlotte then takes Lily and literally rips her apart, leaves her as just stuffing and material in the ring after taking Miss Bliss and throwing her over the commentary table and just leaving her just laid out. Uh, Miss Bliss then realizes what happens, crawls back in the ring, and is just having an absolute meltdown um, over Lily being absolutely destroyed. So for those of you out there, make sure you hold your stuffed animals a little tighter you know, during the night just to be happy that you still have them because Miss Bliss doesn't anymore. And I don't know where this is going to go next, but I have a feeling that this feud isn't anywhere near over. So after that, um, we had yet another fantastic segment with Caleb Braxton and Paul Heyman in the back. Paul on the phone with somebody talking about the draft and Kayla's there listening with her microphone and be like, who are you talking to, Paul? <laughs> and Paul's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mommy. Do I have to you know, tell you who I'm talking to? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, these little segments are, are little extra added gems in an already fantastic SmackDown show, and the fact that they add it to the pay-per-view just makes it even better. We then had what I thought uh, was definitely one of the better matches of the night. It was a triple threat match for the United States championship uh, for Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, and the current champion, Damian Priest. Now, this crowd was hot for this entire match. 
especially for Jeff. Jeff had multiple chances to actually win. Um, there was one point where I thought Sheamus was going to do a swanton bomb off the top, uh, off the top rope after mimicking Jeff. It was just a, it was a fantastic match. Um, Sheamus hits the brogue kick on Jeff, sending Jeff out of the ring. And then Damian Priest rolls up Sheamus and gets the, gets the win and retains his title. So, like I said, it was a great match. Um, a big respect between Jeff and, and Damian Priest after the match. Uh, I would not mind seeing Jeff and Damian have a one-on-one for the title. I think that would be really fun to watch. Um, also nice to see the crowd still being big fans of Jeff Hardy. It's always a plus. We then moved on to our SmackDown Women's Championship match. As Bianca Belair looked to right the wrong of SummerSlam and take the title back from the man... Becky Lynch. Now, this match, I would have easily put his match of the night until the ending. Not that I don't have anything wrong with this ending. It just, I felt like it ruined a a really good match um, in a way. So, Becky and, and Bianca trading shots back and forth, trading moves back and forth, you know, getting close to hitting their finishers and whatnot. And at one point, Becky had the disarmor pretty much on, but Bianca was able to power up, stand up and lift. And and I will say this again, lift Becky Lynch while Becky's trying to hold on to Bianca's arm. It looked like she was going to get her into the position for the KOD. And then what happens? The boss, Sasha Banks, makes her return, runs down to the ring, pushes Becky off of Bianca, and then proceeds to attack both Bianca and Becky after the match, uh, obviously causing the disqualification. Becky still remains your champion. And all hell breaks loose. But Sasha is back. And she has taken over this whole segment. So she puts herself right back in the title picture. Uh, I'm looking forward to SmackDown to see what happens with these two. Now, it also makes me wonder what's going to happen with the draft. So obviously the draft is starting this Friday. So it'll be interesting to see if she'll immediately be in the middle of this whole thing, or if they're going to split somebody off. Honestly, I hope they don't split anybody off because I feel like that would be doing a disservice to what I think will be a fantastic storyline between these three ladies. After that, it was our main event. The Demon Finn Balor, I should say the undefeated Demon Finn Balor, taking on the head of the table, the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns, your universal champion. Now, this match was absolutely outstanding. Loved it so much. This was the match of the night. Um, But again, a really, really weird ending. Um, Towards the end, uh, Finn had taken out the Usos, and then Roman had speared Finn through the barricade, and everybody's down. And then all of a sudden... The music started, Finn's music, the demon's music. And Finn's like doing like 
I don't know, like thrusts on the floor, like bouncing, uh, bouncing back and forth. And then all of a sudden the music picks up and he just stands up like, like he's been resurrected from the dead. It was pretty, it was pretty corny, but I, I loved it. I was like, this is fantastic shit. I love this. So he gets up, grabs a chair, starts beating Roman, like within an inch of his life, taking Roman, throwing him back into the ring, goes up to the top rope to hit to hit, to hit the coup de gras. But while he's up there, something happens. We hear a snap and the top rope breaks and Finn comes crashing down to the to the mat. The lights at that point were all red like it was for the demon. And they just immediately went back to normal. Finn's obviously confused, doesn't know what happened. Roman doesn't have a clue what happened. But Roman just gets up, spears Finn and gets the one, two, three. The unfortunate part of this ending, while I found it interesting because afterwards, Roman looked up towards the heavens and seems like Roman acknowledged that something had helped him retain this title tonight. So it's interesting to see. I also love the fact that Roman once again used a rock bottom during this match. So the foreshadowing towards his match with Dwayne himself is still very much a thing. And that makes me very happy. But this whole match was just crazy. The ending was kind of... mm, wasn't a huge fan, to be completely honest with you, but I feel like it kind of killed the ending of the show. Um, overall, the show was pretty decent. I'd probably give it a, outside of all the issues with Peacock, the wrestling side itself, I'd get, probably give it a B, uh, maybe a low B, uh, 82, 83-ish. Um, still a really good show. Um the competitors out there killing themselves, uh, but it was really hard to stay completely focused with all the issues happening in the beginning, those stupid commercial breaks in the middle, and it's just uh, hopefully something gets fixed on that end because it's it's really quite frustrating um, to watch these pay per views when you really shouldn't be having commercials during live stream events, um, not in the way they're doing it. Something needs to change. Um, but that's it. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Like I said, I don't really want to get too negative when it comes to this. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you as always. And if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at above the ring. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as above the ring as well. You could find uh, myself pretty much everywhere. Scotty J stream. And you can find this, uh, podcast or pretty much every podcasting platform that is out there if we're not on a podcast platform that you listen to please let us know we'll add ourselves to it that way you can uh, have you know a little bit of bedlam in your day from above the ring guys once again thank you so much for listening we truly appreciate you have you hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you monday night for raw and then tuesday morning for your raw review thank you guys have a wonderful night and most importantly do not forget to ship it and join the bedlam. Good night.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.